Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, it's Candice. And Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Oh, yeah. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we're in our 30s. But surprise, we don't. We don't. And that's okay. It is okay. Are we still surprised by it at this point? I feel like, <laughs> do I need to take the surprise out of it? Maybe every week we are still surprised that we don't have it figured out. I don't know. <laughs> I am genuinely surprised. I'm like, you know what? At this point, I would assume we would know everything in the world. <laughs> 
Well, we've definitely had some amazing guests to help us through it. That's for sure. We have such an incredible long conversation with our guest today, Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins. We are just going to jump right into introducing her. You guys know who she is, but if you don't, I'm going to list all of her accolades. She is a Netflix star, producer, content creator, and proud Howard University graduate. She's one of the lead actresses in both the movie and series Dear White People. She is deeply connected to many of the innovators and performers in the entertainment industry and her personal struggles, along with her gift for relating and connecting to people from all walks of life, has allowed her to open up on her new podcast, Trials to Triumphs. Each week, Trials to Triumphs will deliver hope, inspiration, and plenty of laughs, which is just what the world needs right now and is exactly what we got in our conversation with her. So without further ado, here is our conversation with the lovely Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins. <laughs> and we are here with Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, or do I call you ABFJ? I feel like your friends call you that. Are we there yet? I don't know if we're there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with either. So thank you. Of course. Well, <laughs> we are so happy that you are here. We find that a lot of our guests have a really interesting childhood, and it's what's formed them and shaped them into who they are today and their success. So would you mind taking us to the beginning? Can you take us back to your childhood? growing up, what was your relationship like with your siblings and your parents? And I know you guys are all in entertainment. So was entertaining and music and all of that a really huge part of your childhood as well? So that's the thing. I'm kind of the entertainer of my family, at least at least professionally. I think we're all pretty <laughs> interesting and, and entertaining in our own ways. But what I will say is that, you know, my parents... And my sister. So my sister, Nakina, she's nine years older than I am. So she was always like, I just wanted to be like her, to be completely honest. And she, you know, did the plays and was in pageants and all of the things. And I wanted I wanted to do all of that. So she was really my earliest example of like, I was really just copying her and following in her footsteps. I happened to just really, I think, also be destined to be a performer is always, it wasn't just something that I was copying. I think I learned early on that it was something that I really loved and that I was purposed to do. And then my parents, I think, you know, I thank God for them. You know, they were really parents who saw their child. They, I think they really saw me fully and saw the things that I was interested in at a very young age and invested in me and were committed to cultivating the talent that I was I was born with. And they wanted to only help me become greater and get closer to my dreams. And so I really just thank God that I had parents who spared no expense, truly believed in me every step of the way and still do. I'm not confused about the influence that my parents and my sister specifically have had on me and on my success and my successes that are to come. Well, I just have to admit that when I was typing up my notes, I, I didn't even realize I was doing it, but I just wrote, ah, dear white people, because I was obsessed with the show and I've been asking... <laughs> Melissa, our producer, I was like, who can we get from the show? I'm obsessed. I just binged it. 2020, I was I found myself in an RV with my whole with my family. We were road tripping the kids to get out of L.A. I was pregnant, hormonal and just like binge watching Netflix, like so hardcore. And I just was like show to show. And then all of a sudden I got so hooked and watched 
all three seasons, like in, in every single car ride. And then knowing that like 2020, so many productions were shut down. I was like freaking out that there wasn't gonna be another season. I was like, Melissa, <laughs> we have to get someone on from the show before the show goes away. So please know this has been like a, a lifelong long dream running thing. You were making a dream come true. I love it. It's oh, been going on for two years. Thank you, so Candice. Just, it's so fantastic. And I'm so excited to talk about just your experience on the show. I know that the fourth season wrapped last year or was out last year. So it probably wrapped. I'm like, yeah, we wrapped in February of 2021. Oh my goodness. What is so incredible is where you're obviously where your journey started before the show with the film and the fact that you were in the film, Dear White People. And so this has not just been four seasons. This has been almost a decade of a character and a in a production and crew and and old cast new cast so can you share with us a little bit how you found yourself in a position of getting a call from your friend Justin being like hey you got to come do this you got to come do this project with me not knowing that it would you know, be a big part of your story for the next 10 years. Oh my gosh. It, you know, I thank you for taking me back on <laughs> getting me back on memory <laughs> lane because, and, and I think it's kismet too, that we're doing this on the day that my podcast has launched because, you know, I'm naturally in a very reflective space and Thinking back to the early days of Dear White People truly just reminds me of not only how far I've come, but how far we've all come. Like all of us. Kind of going back to, wow, 2013, I had just met Justin probably either the top of 2013 or like the end of 2012. I don't really remember which one. Actually, I'm, I think I met, I think I met, just, if I'm, I think I'm getting the story right. I think I met him at, on like New Year's Eve going into 2013. And then he started holding auditions for Dear White People sometime. And I know we started shooting Dear White People in the summer of 2013. So let's just say sometime in the winter, early spring or something like that. And at this time, I was already friends, very close friends with Lena Waithe, who is now just the woman who's creating content every five seconds and is an Emmy winner and just fabulous. And she and Justin were really good friends. So, you know, it was kind of like she got me to Justin and we were all like, you know, pretty good friends. And I remember I went in to audition. (laughs) This is really taking me back. There was like a party, a big party that used to happen in LA. I can't even remember the name of it, but we were like outraging one night. Mind you, I'm like, 24, I think, or something like that at this time. I had an audition for Dear White People the next day. I was auditioning to be Coco in the movie. I saw Justin. It was like raging at the party. It was like, hey, yeah. Oh my God. Like, see you tomorrow morning. Uh, Like just being so in, it was in retrospect, I'm like, you were drunk, raging at a club the night before with a director who you like kind of knew, but didn't know that well. And you're like, yeah, see you in the morning. Hope I'm not hungover. Like, it was insane. Anywho, Justin, he was raging too. So I guess it was fine. He was like, yeah, see you there. Character study. It's all character study. You know, that's exactly. It. Warm it up. <laughs> so I went in the next day. 
I probably was a little hungover, to be completely honest. Not not bad choices. You make bad choices in your early 20s. And auditioned. And it went well. Uh, I didn't end up getting the part. My friend Tiana Paris ended up getting the part, who, again, I didn't know Tiana at the time, but we met. Actually, I think Tiana and I were in the same orbit, but we hadn't gotten really close yet. But now she's a close, dear, dear, dear friend of mine. So I didn't get it. And I was like, fine. I wasn't like, I, even at that time, I was kind of like, this might be a long shot. Like I, I I went for it, but I really, really, you know, was just happy to have had the audition. So it's now time. I move on with my life. I'm obviously supporting Justin and Lena. Lena was a producer. It was This was her first film that she ever produced was Dear White People and her major like, like st- you know studio type of project and so that's the thing I want people to know Dear White People for for most of us it was the beginning it was the first of something for I would say 90% of us involved with the project you now see so many of us doing a multitude of things but Almost a decade ago, it was very, very new for us. We were all green, for sure. And so now it comes time for, you know, Lena and Justin and all the team, they're going out to Minneapolis, which is where we shot. Uh, We shot in Minneapolis, Minnesota, at the University of Minnesota. You know, it's time for them to go out there. And what they were going to do was with the character, her name was Curls in the movie. She eventually became Joelle in the TV show. But they were going to make her a Minnesota local hire because you save money when you hire you know, whenever you go and shoot these projects, you try to have a certain percentage of the characters be cast out of the state. So, you know, when I didn't get Coco, I was like, well, I'm just not going to be a part of the movie. I'm rooting for you guys. I'm supporting you. This is amazing. And I'm wishing everybody the best. You know, let me know how it goes. So I get a call from Justin and Lena like, hey, can you put your on, yourself on tape for the role of Curls? And I was like, sure. Send me the audition sides. They're like, there aren't any. Just make some up. I was like... <laughs> no pressure. What? You guys want me to... So I like go... I mean, there were only like six lines to choose from. So I basically like kind of came up with my own sides. One of my best friends, Nia, she helped me who... She in the movie plays Coco's friend and goes on in the TV show to become Kelsey. And so, you know, we really just were kind of supporting each other. And they put me on tape and they were like, all right, Ashley, cool. Casting's down. You got to be in Minneapolis like in two days. And I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. However, I cannot afford to get there. So I just don't think I can come. And Lena said, I'll pay for you. And Lena bought my ticket to to Minnesota. And I was there. And that's how I got there. I mean, I want people to have no, I couldn't even afford to relish in the opportunity that I had been given. I couldn't even even afford a plane ticket to get there, $250, however much it was, plane ticket to get there. But my friends at that time, you know, they really lifted me up and said, but we want you to be here. So we shot the movie and it was one of the best experiences of my life. You know, I became, that's where I became really good friends with, you know, Tessa Thompson and, you know, Tiana Paris, Courtney Sauls and Nia Chervier, who obviously, you know, I was already really good friends with them. Tyler James Williams, you know, we were all... We were all doing this together. And then years passed, right? Like years passed. We do the movie. It comes out. It's great. And we're, you know, kind of doing press surrounding that. But again, I'm I'm very much so like a supporting, supporting, supporting kind of ancillary character, you know? So I'm just happy that they're even including me in anything because, you know, at the time it felt like if you blinked, maybe you might have missed me. But if you kept your eyes open, you, you caught what I was doing. And then years later, Justin hit me up uh, in 2016. And he's like, hey, 
Netflix is interested in doing a TV show and I want you to be a part of it. And I was like, okay, yeah, Justin, I'm, that sounds amazing. Like, let me know when <laughs> right. that's going to happen. Like fully thinking like it might happen, but like in the end, like I probably won't be a part of it, but I'm so excited for you, my friend. And I remember he was very like, oh no, like you're going to be a part of it. And I booked a pilot, my first network pilot for CBS that year. And I was like, oh, I'm big time. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm on a pilot. I'm going to New York. I'm shooting. This is all glitzy. And that year was the only drama pilot that CBS didn't pick up. And I thought my life was over. I literally was like, I had a nervous breakdown with my then situationship, who's now my husband. But at the time, he, yeah, he was the one that experienced the the mental breakdown and my panic attack really that I have. I truly felt like my life was over. But the truth is, I think that my life was really kind of just getting started. It's funny how that happens, huh? Oh my gosh. Oof. It is so crazy how in the end, I mean, I I think it was just a time where I had put so much energy and time and it really felt like that was a season in my life where I was like, okay, it's time to like reap what I've sown. Like, where, where is the harvest? And I felt like that pilot was the harvest for me. And when it didn't get picked up, I was like, this is never going to happen. There is no and- harvest. It's a drought forever. And the Sahara- <laughs> it's a drought. Yeah. I live in the middle of the, Sa- <laughs> yeah. of the Sahara Desert. Yeah. It's, it's, it's me. I'm a nomad. Like, there's nobody out here. And Justin, I mean, it probably wasn't a week. And he called me and was like, Hey, remember remember that remember that show I was telling you about? Well, it's happening. It's already picked up for 10 episodes and it's yours if you want it. So it was the first experience that I had where a friend really opened a door for me that traditionally would not have been opened that easily. Traditionally there should have been a whole bunch of hoops I should have gone through, a whole bunch of this and that and approvals and whatever. And he he made it so that that wasn't the case for me. It turned into what we have now, which is 40 episodes, which is a, a brilliant movie, 40 episodes of a brilliant show. I had the opportunity to grow and and become a character that so many people just truly love as much as I do. But most importantly, I made some great friends. Like, you know, I always talk about Logan and I, we are really, we play best friends on screen, but Logan is truly one of my nearest and dearest friends in real life. Outside, when you cut off the cameras off, Logan and I are just friends. And she's one of the greatest blessings. You know, I think that's the beauty of the industry is that we chase these jobs. But oftentimes the biggest blessings comes in the interaction with the people you get to work with. And that's what Justin gave me. That's what Dear White People has given me. And I feel so much more equipped to now go out into the world and see what's next. And I think my podcast now is is, is one of those things. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. we're back well that's what i was going to ask because so many times when you started playing curls that which is now your character joelle but what when you started playing that and you were around these people and you know you weren't able to afford the ticket but then they flew you anyway did you know that this was going to be a huge success because sometimes you can feel it you can feel it when you're there on set you can feel it in your bones feel it in your body you feel that oh this is something special because the movie within itself you take away the series the movie within itself was a huge success so in that moment did you know oh this is this is there's something here this did you feel that sort of magnetic energy inside you absolutely 1000% unequivocally i remember after I didn't get the part of Coco, I still just wanted to be there. I just wanted to watch. I just wanted to observe. I just wanted to learn. I just wanted to be around the energy. You know, at that time I had never 
shot or been in a feature. So it was, I knew like, okay, like, and, and I, it was the blessing of having my friends be the ones that are doing the project. You know what I mean? So I knew, I mean, even when I look back, like, you know, Issa Rae, who's also a dear friend, she did basically a cameo in the, in the movie. Issa Rae, who we now know as the Issa Rae. I mean, at the time, I knew her because we were both in the web series world together. We met. She had her web series, Awkward Black Girl. I had my web series, Hello Cupid. And we used to do crossover episodes. She also had another web series that she produced called Rumi Lover Friends. So, you know, we were in the podcast. Uh, not the podcast, I'm sorry. We were in the web series space. And, you know, so just even thinking about it like that, like Issa came and did a cameo. And we all we all knew what Justin was doing. And I think that's the other thing. It was this time when we didn't really care what anybody else thought. All we cared about is what we knew about it, what we felt. It didn't, it almost felt like an inside thing. It just happened to hit with the world. And and that was, you know, of course the prayer, because you want, you know, you want your friends to get success. But the real success was just that it was this conglomerate of us that believed in one another, loved one another, and just wanted to work with one another and help one another create beautiful content. That's exactly what we did. But to answer your question, Kayla, I 1,000% knew. Oh, yeah. And it's so powerful yeah, when you when you mm-hmm. have been in the industry long enough to know that this isn't this is this doesn't happen very often when you know when the certain people, a group of people are in the room, especially on a series that runs for a long time. And for the experience of working on a television show that goes just past even one season is you're not just hanging out with people like a nine to five. I mean, you are with people, you know, 12, 14, sometimes 17 hours in a day, every day for months on end, you see them at their best, their worst, their, you know, they're happy, they're sad, you know, they're tired, they're cranky, you really get to know each other and become this, I I like to call it the traveling circus that doesn't travel anywhere. Like you're kind of just like this mishmash of people and personalities. So it you become so bonded. I would imagine, I mean, obviously, the writing of the show, the subject matter of the show, that there were already really, you know, um, vulnerable conversations that were probably had based around a lot of the storylines that existed early on in the series. I was, I'm so curious to know when the show came out in 2017 versus, you know, when the show was ending in 2021, what were the interactions like with fans of the show that you would either meet or that would message you guys in, in like general interviews? How did it shift from the beginning of the show to the end of the show? Did you notice more people wanting to talk and share their experiences or or did it, did you feel a shift at all? Mm. You know, in the beginning, we were met with a lot of hate and confusion and disapproval, to be completely honest. And and what I found was most of the, the dissenters were people who hadn't even watched the content. They simply just saw the name heard the name and decided that it was racist, that it was uncalled for, that it wasn't important, that it was just extremely negative. 
the beauty of that, but but the beauty of that is it didn't matter. It couldn't stop us. The, the message that we were and are still, you know, trying to get out is bigger than any sort of dissension, especially from people who don't even know what they're talking about, right? So to be honest, in the beginning, it was it was kind of like fuel to the fire. It was kind of like, okay, people are talking about it. Fine. If you want to, you know, it's totally fine. And and also there were as many dissenters as there were, there were just as many, if not more, people that were like, I'm so grateful for this content. This is these are exactly the types of conversations that we need to have. And you know, what what I always found to be very interesting throughout each season of Dear White People is that somehow it was always directly aligned with what was whatever was going on during the time. I remember the first season, it was right around election time. It was just so interesting that we dealt with a lot of that. Everything that as a country we dealt with when when we eventually elected Donald Trump as president was a lot of the stuff that we were dealing with on the show at that time, you know? And then once 2020 came around and just the way Americans, specifically Americans, but also the world was feeling at that time, we really had kind of gone through uh, in season three and we had talked about, you know, the, it just was always so current. And we would always say like, Justin, how do you know? Like how, how... What is going on here? Like it, but the truth is, do you have a DeLorean? Like, are you popping into the future? Literally, like like it was so odd. But the truth is, he's just tapped in. He's tapped in. Like he just, Justin is not a creator for any other reason than he has something to say to the world and he wants the world to listen. And what he has to say is important and it's meaningful and it will span generations. That will always feel relevant and current when you're creating content like that. Uh, By the time we got to the end, the fourth and final season in 2021, I think again, too, it just was spot on with everything that we're dealing with as, as people, especially coming out of still in a pandemic, but kind of easing out of a pandemic. But but I think what's most interesting in Kismet about the show, and specifically about Justin and, and our amazing team of writers, is how much everything coincides with our personal lives. That I find to be amazing and really and really One of the reasons why being an actor is really special is because sometimes you get the unique opportunity of being able to work out whatever you're going through personally on screen and knowing that this will be able to touch others exactly when they need it. And, you know, I remember when I read the script, I got engaged in September of Yay, congratulations. And thank you. And but I remember reading the scripts. This was it was after I got engaged, but it was before 
the scripts were written before I got engaged. So I've read them after, but they were written. Be- Remember, we were supposed to go back to shooting. We were supposed to go back to shooting, but 2020 shut it down. So we were a year behind, but not by choice. The scripts had already been written. I know I was waiting for them. I was in the RV being like, where's my season four? Freaking out. You were one of the people that was waiting. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading it and being like, Joelle and Reggie get engaged? What? And then they get married? Wait a minute. Like this, it was, I just got chills thinking about it again. I was like, this is insane. How, how did that, how did that line up at the same time that I too was getting engaged and getting married? It was the same too. Like in season one, you know, Daryl and I were trying to like figure it out. We were in a stage of our lives where we were trying to figure it out. Joelle and Reggie somehow were in a state. It it just is so much so in alignment with my personal life and with our personal. All the cast members have examples of this, but specifically me. And I and I think that again, it just speaks to Justin being tapped in. He's not asking us like, so what's going on in your personal lives? Because I would like to write it verbatim. Like he's not doing that. It's just he's tapped in. And when you're tapped in, everything that's supposed to be will be. And I and I and I think so when the show when it was time for the show to end, I thought I was gonna feel so like sad and like stressed out. And like I didn't feel that way. I really felt like we all did a really good job. We did what we said we were gonna do. We left something that's lasting and beautiful and meaningful and important, especially for the culture. And truthfully, that's all I can ever ask for as an artist is to be able to have an opportunity like that and to have had that for a movie in four seasons, like beyond my wildest dreams. So I just ended in such gratitude. That's a, a, gratitude is the word that kept coming to mind as you're talking right now. You have such gratitude for the whole experience. And it's lovely to see that sort of oozing out of you and pouring out of you. Do you feel like you got a proper goodbye? Because for those listening that aren't in the industry, usually you get to throw a huge bash to end this end the series, the series finale and say goodbye to the people who truly, like as Candace was saying, are family. They really are your family. You spend sometimes more time with them than you do your own family. So did you get a proper send off because it did end during the pandemic? Oh, my goodness, Kayla, that's such a good question. And the answer is kind of so. <laughs> yeah, you know, it it didn't work out. We were supposed to do like a big premiere and that got canceled. Probably about a couple weeks maybe a month before it was supposed to happen. And that was devastating. We didn't have a wrap party. So we were supposed to have a wrap party in February, which is when we wrapped. That didn't happen. And then we were supposed to have a premiere in September, which which didn't happen either. So it was kind of like when we didn't wrap, we kind of, when we didn't have a, an official wrap party, it felt like, oh, no, you know, it's fine because we'll have a premiere in September. It's totally, totally fine. So we had kind of like, we were just looking forward to that and that didn't happen either. But when we didn't have the premiere, Daryl and I, my husband and I said, we, our home is kind of close to where we shoot or shot Dear White People. And we had just bought our house and, you know, we were just like wanting to entertain. And we were like, you know what, we should host something here. So we hosted something at our house. You know, I, I got 
burritos from Takaya and made some, I'm like anyone that knows me knows like I'm a bit of a mixologist. I, I never was a bartender, but I'm oddly very good at making cocktails. What a great talent. That's a great <laughs> talent to have in life. Yeah. So I, you know, we just hosted something here and played some music and celebrated. And I want to, if I remember correctly, it was just after our last day of shooting, I was basically like, come through, come, come to the house. And it was great. It was, it was, it was not what we thought it was going to be, but it was exactly what we needed. And it was beautiful. And, you know, we got to celebrate our new home, but also celebrate us wrapping, you know, this amazing show. And I have really good memories from, from, from that night. And we got to laugh and cry and, you know, some of us said speeches because that's the other thing. When you rap, you typically say speeches and say, you know, it was all of that was very different. I'll be honest, though, at the time, it felt wrong. I had so much like, oh, I can't COVID believe this guilt. Yeah. yeah, I just <laughs> I felt, you know what? I felt it, it felt like we got robbed of something. But now when I look back, and have a I have a bit of a different perspective. You know, I look back and I and I just say it was different, but it was what it was supposed to be. It didn't just because we didn't have a big premiere or or, or a big rap party that was all over the internet and whatever, it doesn't, it didn't take away from truly relishing in how wonderful of an accomplishment it was. Cause that's the thing. Like I think you know, sometimes people don't realize, like, it's so hard just to get through one season of a show. We did four. We did 40 episodes of television. And some of that we did through a pandemic. I mean, in the fourth season, I think we got shut down four to five times. I mean, it would be like, we would go back to work, there's a COVID case, and we're out for two weeks. We would go to work for three days, we're out for three weeks. We would go back to work, and then it's like a break for Thanksgiving. It was so... Uh, we typically shoot a season in three months. We It took us five and a half, basically, to shoot this one, the final season. So I look back and I have a ton, I have an immense amount of gratitude. And it's kind of cool. It was just Listen, different. I would rather wear tennis shoes and yeah. eat a burrito and celebrate than wear high heels and eat tiny little hors d'oeuvres. Listen. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we're back. The beautiful thing hearing you say of just where you did experience this, you know, element of closure in a way, I feel like that get, that what a great opportunity then to be prepared for for new and new creativity, be open to that in your life, which is bringing us to your podcast, Trials to Triumphs. When did you decide you were going to get on the mic Hop on the podcast train, which I think everybody needs to have a podcast. I think the more the better. It's so fun. I mean, what better excuse to literally just like call up people that you don't know and that you're completely fangirls of and just be like, hey, I'm obsessed with your show. And I've been trying to talk to any of you guys for two years. Can we all get on the mic together and hang out for an hour? It's the best. Podcasting. I- I'm obsessed. Like it truly. I feel right in the pocket. I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. The interesting thing is I had no plans of podcasting, like at all, like did not, was not on my radar in the least bit. What happened was it was, I'm going to go with, I always, I'm going to say 2018. Yeah. I think it was 2018. My manager, Mike, who I love (laughs) said, hey, Ashley, I think you should do a podcast. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, Mike, funny. Who's going to listen to my podcast? And also, what is it about? Like, what? Like, it was like a random... He literally called me on like a random Wednesday and was like, hey, I was just thinking, I think you should have a podcast. And he was like, well, I think a lot of people would listen. And I don't know what you're going to talk about. That's for you to figure out. And like hung up the phone. I was like, uh, (laughs) what? Like... Mike, what are you talking about? So I, I, you know, really, I trust him. So I was like, okay, let me figure something out. And so I really kind of hunkered down in, in prayer and just thought and, and trials to triumphs came for me. I, I've learned about myself. Ideas come to me as names first. I typically don't get the idea and then come up with a name. I get a name for something and then kind of come up with the idea, which is very very, very interesting, I'm finding. Uh, so Trials to Triumphs came to me. And so then I had to figure out what what that was. And, you know, what I came up with was the podcast that I wanted. I wanted a podcast or just a space where I could gain inspiration and wisdom from people and and from stories that they don't typically share. Because what I find is that we're always celebrating the triumphs. We're always thinking that the inspiration and the hope comes from the triumphs. But what I've found is that it's in the trials. But once you reach a level of societal, quote unquote, success, 
then nobody's talking about the triumph, the trials anymore. We're just talking about the highlight reel, the triumphs, the what you're doing. What, what, but I want to know how you got there because that's where I'm at right now. So I need the inspiration of, okay, I'm so happy that you're thriving right now, but what were you doing when you weren't thriving? What were you doing at your lowest moment? How did you get from your lowest, from your, from your valley to your peak? That's what I want to know. And so that's the show that I came, that I came up with. And, you know, I came up with it in 2018, you know, came up with kind of like a deck type of pitch type of thing and uh, recorded, which again is full circle. In 20, summer of 2019, I did a pilot quote unquote, with my own money. And my first guest was Justin Simeon, who was the writer, director, producer, creator of Dear White People. It was great. And so then we shopped it and we shopped it for a while and then landed somewhere, but it didn't, it, they didn't really know what to do with it. And then we're in the pandemic. So we're just, nothing's happening for anybody at all. My manager again was like, hey, Ashley, I think you should kind of keep the creative juices flowing. You should kind of do like an Instagram, which at the time was like IGTV. He's like, you should do like yes. an IG. Remember IGTV? Is that even oh, like still man. a thing? It's not a thing anymore, right? I just, I literally had a panic today, like when I was putting makeup on, because I remember a girlfriend of ours is a makeup artist who we're very close with. But I just remember being in my kitchen because the Wi-Fi kept going out and we had promised each other we're going to do this Instagram live thing where she'd teach me how to do makeup and the kids are screaming. And I look back being like, what a time. Like, what were we doing for thinking that people should watch me like and her do makeup for an hour and like we're doing something for society and like and, and networking ourselves. I'm like, what? What a weird time, man. Everyone was just trying their best to figure it out at that point. It was... What was your IGTV? What did you do? It was called Quarantine Combos with ABF. I wasn't even <laughs> ABFJ. I was ABF at the time. And it was basically Trials to Triumphs, but I was doing it on IGTV. And yeah, and so I did that. And then coming out of that, I, you know, had more meetings, had a meeting at OWN and the rest is history. I had a meeting with Owen at the top of 2021. And here we are in May and the podcast is out. But I just, you know, to go back to the top, it was like, it was not, what's so cool about, about now having a podcast, being a podcast host, loving the podcast space is that it's another example of how sometimes the best dreams, you don't dream yourself. They're dreams that other people put in your heart, they put in your mind, their dreams that other people have for you, God has for you. It, it, you know, I just would encourage people to like, not feel like you have to have every dream already dreamt. <laughs> like you don't have to feel like you've dreamt every dream that, that you will fulfill in your life. It might come to you next Wednesday. It might come to you in five years. It, it you know, you don't know, but this is an example of like, wow, this is exactly where I was supposed to be. And I didn't even know I was supposed to be here. But I'm here and I love it and I'm thriving. And it feels like I said exactly where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, I, I, you know they say, go where you, go where you are accepted, but also do what you're good at, period. I think a lot of us are like, doing things sometimes that we're just not good at. And so we're struggling and we're frustrated and we're defeated and we're scared and we're living in a, in a space of fear. But when you do what you're good at, 
what's your purpose to do, what comes easy to you, then you start living in a, a more enjoyable life. And what I'm finding is that that's what's happening with me right now, being in the podcast space. And I'm so grateful for it. Obviously, you are a natural because even just talking to you and interviewing you, you have so much to give, so much to share. I mean, the idea of talking to your guests about that hidden story that has propelled them forward, that is, that has, you know, allowed them to celebrate the peak is something that everyone can benefit from. So, I mean, of course, I want to ask you, do you have a hidden story that you um, haven't shared yet that you feel like has propelled you forward or something that you would want, just like a nugget of gold that you're, you would want your guests to also share on yours? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, thank you, Kayla. You're, there's, you guys are just both, you ladies are both just so sweet. I just really appreciate it. One of the biggest trials and triumph moments in my, in my career has been the one I just told you when I thought I was going to the top with that pilot. And it was the only one that did not get picked up. And I legitimately had my first nervous breakdown and panic attack. I had never felt that low. It felt like I had been brought up to, to a peak and then literally like plummeted to a valley. It's not even like I trickled back down. It was like avalanche back down. And it just... I was extremely discouraged and depressed, like extremely. I had, it felt like at that time I had put everything on the line. I had quit like my survival job and I, you know, I had done all of that really thinking, really believing in that for me. But what I learned is that 10 times out of 10, every time, every time, if that happens, it's only because there's something better. Even when I think about, like, if I'm just comparing the pilot that I did to Dear White People, I was, I put all of this, all of my hopes and dreams were wrapped up into a, an hour-long pilot where I was, like, a very, very, very supporting character, playing a doctor. I was waiting on it to get picked up, hoping for enough episodes where I could, like, make a living. Justin calls me and says, you don't have to audition. Do you want to come do this show at Netflix? It's 10 episodes already picked up to series. Like, it's, it's better. You're, you're playing a woman who, a young, a young woman who will go on to inspire so many more women to be their, be unapologetically who they are, and especially Black women, dark-skinned Black women, to feel proud in who they are, that is what God had for me. It's not saying that what, what I thought was for me wasn't, wasn't good, but there's always something better. It, and, 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 and I have to be honest, this is something I still have to remind myself of today. And I think that's the grace that we have to give ourselves. You don't, it's not like you experience the lesson, you learn the lesson and you don't have to keep learning it. You don't have to keep reminding yourself of your journey and how far you've come. But most importantly, you have to have people in your life that will remind you of it when you can't. I call them destiny advocates, people that will remind you of your destiny when you don't have the energy to do it for yourself anymore. Those friends that pick you up off the floor, the friends that call you and you're like, how did they know I was going through something? I, I didn't, 
I haven't even told anybody. Those people, that's how I get through. That's how my trials can transform into my triumphs. I, I, I don't want anyone to think that, that this is by my own doing. It's not. And I, and I don't, I can, there's no way that I could take full credit for it. So to answer your question, Kayla, that's one of those, those moments. But, but also, you know, this season, since Dear White People has ended, if I'm honest, I, it has been one of the most trying times in my career because I had, I set an expectation for myself. The expectation was, you know, Okay, I'm off of Dear White People, but within six months, I'll be the lead of a new show that is the most, you know, I just was like, <laughs> I'm going to be Shiv on Succession. Yeah. That's what God has for me. I'm laughing because <laughs> I had the same, like, emotional, like, I. one of my questions was, did you go through, like, the post-show blues? Because I hit, I crashed so hard emotionally. And I didn't even realize it until I would run into like, until I finally started processing that, like, I wasn't just like hormonal or like that. It it was like, oh, I actually was grieving, you know, this big paradigm shift in my life. And then having to come to the realization of these, these lofty expectations that I'd put upon myself that no one else did, which were just, you know, to be quite frank, just total bullshit because they weren't rooted in joy and creativity. And, you know, it was all just the ego, you know? It, I mean... For me, I wasn't trying to put that on you, but no, that's, I don't know. Yeah. Please put it on me because no. <laughs> I need to be wearing it because that is it. Like, it, I... But this is the other, like, crazy part about it. It, it was ego, and I and I and I set these lofty expectations for myself. But what made this very different was that I had no doubts, like not one, that it was going to happen in the exact way that I said it was going to. And when it didn't, like when I got to like the fourth show that I'm testing for and it's down to me and another person, I was like okay, this is wearing me down. And it was, it was, I think, the first time in my career that I thought, am I just not good enough? Like, could everything that I've done and everything I know myself to be, could I be wrong? What if I'm just wrong? And what that was, I know what that was now, was imposter syndrome, number one. But number two, I was I was putting, I was allowing outside people and forces that are outside of my control to determine my, I was allowing that to determine my self-worth. I was allowing not getting a part to, to trick me into believing that I'm not a good actor, that I'm not, maybe, maybe this isn't, maybe I'm supposed to be, working in customer service. I don't know. I I literally was like... Worthy to be in this industry. Maybe this is not it. But what I see now is the doors had to close. They had to be closed because I had to walk through this door. I was destined to walk through the door of Trials to Triumphs now. Now. If I were currently right now, I'm talking about like before the podcast launching. If in all this time I was being shiv on succession, 
I wouldn't, which is one of my favorite shows and one of my favorite characters and one of my favorite actors. So I'm, I keep using Shiv. Like, who doesn't want to? If you're an actor, like, everybody wants to be Shiv. But if I were Shiv on Succession, I couldn't do this in the way that it needed me to do it. I could have done it. I could have been like frazzled in between. Oh, I, I let me try to rush on and hi. I, I could have done that, right? If this needed my full attention. But I didn't know that because I didn't know it was coming. I wasn't preparing for this in the way, but God knew. God knew this is what I was supposed to be doing. And so now I'm like, oh, you just needed me to set this up right now. This was, because the thing is, I've always been a multi-hyphenate. I've never just been an actor. That was the other part of the imposter syndrome. I realized, oh, Ashley, you're trying to put all your eggs in this basket. Why are you trying to put all your eggs in this basket? Also, acting's not going anywhere. You are an actor. Nobody is confused about that. We know that you'll do it again. You've done it since. You'll keep doing it. But why are you so afraid to put your feet in these other arenas that you know you were also destined for? It was almost like I blocking the door. It wasn't anybody else but me. But once I said, oh, okay, I do want to walk through other doors. I do want to have opportunities that are meant for me. I don't want to block any blessings. And God was like, oh, okay. I was just waiting on you. I've been ready to open these doors. I, I, I didn't, I thought you weren't ready. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Sorry, I was ready. My bad. And here we are. But it, it's been trying. But now you're really ready. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now you're really ready. And if you could go back to Ashley in those times where you were in your valleys, right? Even just so recently, right? And what would you say to her? What advice would you give to her yourself in those moments? My mom said, said something to me recently, which really resonated with me. She just simply said, well, she was telling me a story about my great-grandmother and my grandmother. I, I was just so in awe of this story that she was telling me, just of their strength, of their resilience, of the things that they've been through. And she, she said very simply, she said, remember who you come from. She just, that's all she said. That's what I would say to myself every, every time I'm in a valley. You'll always find yourself in a valley at some point in your life. It's, it's, you have to go into the valley in order to come back up and to appreciate where you were. But I, 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 I will always carry that with me. Remember who you come from. I come from women who have always climbed out of the valley. Nothing can keep us down. Trouble don't last always. And that's literally in the fiber of who I am. And so it's the reminder of, it's a little rough right now, but remember your strength, call on your ancestors, call on your destiny advocates for help and support when you need it and be open to receive it when it comes. And also just trust the journey of your life. I think once I surrendered, surrender is always the, everyone has a, okay, I want to say this right. Everybody has something in life that's placed in front of them that they have to figure out how to overcome and how to push past. It's different for everybody. For me, it's the art of surrender. I think God is, and I are always, he's always challenging me to, and saying, 
are you going to surrender? Are you going to let go and let me handle this? Are you going to let me take the reins? Are you going to trust me that I have bigger and better dreams than you do? Are you going to trust that I can handle this better than you can? And because I'm a doer, I, I, I feel like I got it all figured out and I'm so capable. But Every time that I I get anxious or I feel fed up or I feel stressed, it means, okay, Ashley, you're being met with this again. Are you going to surrender? And there hasn't been one time that I surrendered and things went left. Things got worse. It always gets better because when you relinquish control, you allow what is for you to come into your life. Not what you want. That's the thing. It's not always what we want. It's what we need. And I always crave and desire what I need, not what I want. It's like, sometimes you're like hungry, right? And then you're like, let's say you just go to a gas station, you just grab something. You're like, oh, I'll just grab this this bag of chips. You weren't really, your body needed nourishment, not just something. You didn't need to just put something into your body. That's why you either you don't feel great after or you're hungry minutes later. It's because you didn't really listen to your body. Your body wasn't saying just put something in. It said, it said nourish me. And so I always want the nourishment. And sometimes that comes by going through a valley. Sometimes that comes from going through a trial. But on the other side, there's a triumph. And we can all become you know, more realized people when we share our stories and share in our experiences, why, which is why your podcast that you've created, what a beautiful celebration of just that. And we cannot encourage our listeners enough to listen wherever you guys listen to this podcast or any other podcast. Ashley, where else can our listeners find you on social media? Oh my gosh. So you can find me at Ashley Blaine on all of the platforms. And then on Instagram, we're Trials to Triumphs Pod. And on Twitter, we're TTT with ABFJ. Love it. Well, I could listen to you talk for hours. I just have to say I'm so captivated. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for what you're doing to the podcasting world and what you're bringing to all the impressionable young men and women out there who could really use that guidance. So thanks for being here today. We appreciate it. Thank you, ladies. (laughs) This has been a blessing. I'm so excited. And you all are wonderful. And I'm just so grateful to like be in this podcasting community. I've just been so welcomed and everyone has been so kind and just so loving and warm. And I'm just, if I ever have questions or need advice, I'll I'll definitely be hitting you ladies Please. up. So. Anytime. Reach out anytime. And congratulations. Yes. Today's launch day. That's so huge. So congrats. It's really great. It's a big deal. Yay. I know. We love you. so exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, if I already didn't enter the conversation as a total fangirl of ABFJ, then I am officially a super fangirl. I'm so excited to listen to this podcast. Guys, it is out. And I mean, her guests are incredible. She's got Kelly Rowland, Michelle Williams, Amber Riley, Danielle Brooks, Estelle. I mean, what a badass group of women. And I'm just so excited to be able to listen to their vulnerabilities because 
I think that is something that we all need to remember as we're starting a lot of new endeavors. I feel like everyone's been walking through this pandemic. You know, we've talked about this how many times on the podcast, Kayla, about like a bazillion. The, yeah, yeah, about the, a, that's the official number. Yeah, a bazillion about just big life pivots. And I think so many people are having them now and need that reminder that we have all been in the valleys, which which is was such a beautiful way to put it. Kayla. I know she's so inspiring. And it's so clear after having this conversation with her that she a should definitely have her podcast and b it needs to be about this specific content. So I can't wait to see where she goes. And it was so lovely to be able to interview her on her official launch day. She was so happy and excited. So please to our Directionally Challenged community, make sure you check out her podcast, Trials to Triumphs. And we hope you enjoyed our conversation with her as much as we did. We have another great episode for you coming next week. We'll see you then. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Produced by Melissa DeMonts. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with Acast. Acast.